fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it's The Voice of Reason. Welcome into the program. I am Andy Hoosier. Happy pre-Friday celebration to you. One of the greatest days of the entire week as we broadcast here live each and every day. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship station, radio station all over the country, radio, TV, and live streaming, plus the podcast thereafter as well. Boy, we have a show lined up for you today. You're not going to want to miss that one. Did you know that you're a racist racist especially if you talk about the virus and you talk about the china virus as donald trump would say the china virus is the china <laughs> virus i'm gonna say it as many times as i can on the program today because apparently joe biden doesn't want you to say that which is very strange so there is a actually a bill think about this for a second there is legitimately a bill that i'm on the wrong page here hold on i'm trying to flip over to my so Facebook, by the way, we don't still have live streaming on there because that's just crazy. But we do have YouTube. We do have Twitch. We do have the Podbean, although we're not getting a lot of viewers on there as well. I'm thinking now that we're on the radar, they're starting to silence us there, too, because, well, you know, we talk about controversial things. Anyway, so according to The Independent, Joe Biden has worked on signing a executive order to ban the term China virus and a crackdown on COVID racism. COVID, yeah, you heard that right. COVID racism. So he's banning the term China virus because, you know, even though it may have come from China, we can't say China virus because then that would be derogatory against Chinese people, I guess. I don't know. But at the same time, we have another story from the Associated Press that talks about the new variant of the COVID-19 virus, the China virus, and... The variant is coming from South Africa. Guess what they're calling it? The South African variant of the virus. A new variant of the coronavirus emerged on Thursday in the United States, uh, posing yet another public health challenge in the country, already losing more than 3,000 people for COVID-19 every day. The mutation of the virus, first identified in South Africa, was found in two cases of South Carolina. Public health officials said it's almost certain that there are more infections that have not been identified yet. But it is the South American version or South African version of the China virus. So it's okay to say the South African version or the mutation of it from South Africa. You cannot say, though, that it is originally from China because apparently that's really bad. So I find that kind of comical. But we're going to say that as many times as possible so that way social media can be on us because apparently you can't say where it's actually from. And I mean, we've had this discussion before when it comes to the war on words and them trying to redefine and trying to label things as, you know, in a, a offensive or racist or other crap. But the China virus is from China. And that's what we will continue to call that one, along with COVID-19, along with the coronavirus or whatever the heck you want to call it, uh, because it's just a virus. Why do we get so worked up over such stupid things? Welcome into the show. We have John O'Connor, author of the book Postigate. Uh, he'll be on at the bottom of the hour. We've had him on many times before. We look forward to chatting with him. He's going to talk about the Democrat push 
to try to expel Republicans from Congress who tried to challenge the Electoral College. At the same time, we'll be talking about the corruption within the Biden administration, one of the most corrupt administrations in U.S. history, and we're going to talk about that. Postgate, he's a journalist that's looked at different corruption within different administrations, corruption within Washington, D.C., for a long time. So look forward to chatting with him at the bottom of the hour. I want to take a step back, though, today for a minute. And we like to have fun. We like to kind of goof off a little bit, but yet try to entertain and be somewhat educational to some, de- <laughs> to some degree. Although the other side says, Andy, you're not educational. You're just a right-wing nut job. So I want to have a serious conversation for a second, shall we? If you're willing to dialogue and willing to actually listen and willing to learn a little bit and then willing to dialogue back a little bit. I'm talking to the Democrats right now. If you are, then let's do this, shall we? I'm curious. As Joe Biden has officially released his COVID-19 relief package proposal of $1.9 trillion, weeded into all of that, there is a piece of the bill that includes a raising of the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. Now, I don't know why that's included in a COVID-19 relief bill, because it has nothing to do with COVID-19 relief. A COVID-19 relief bill would be, number one, to send a stimulus check to Americans. Number two, make sure that we have money to help send uh, resources to individuals like the ventilators, to the production of the ventilators, masks, hand sanitizer, all that other stuff, to send it to the states that need it, or at least uh, be there to help assist the purchasing and sending and shipment and receival of these uh, products within these states as needed. To work with getting out the COVID-19 vaccine to help distribution plans for states to be able to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Those are the sorts of things that you do in a COVID-19 relief package, if that's what your intention is doing. But like politicians and what they love to do is they love to really create and throw in other garbage, which is why we had so much money in the last bill go out to federal or go out to foreign nations because they like to send money to foreign nations during our relief. Well, here's your $600 check, which, by the way, half the people didn't even get so far. We're struggling to figure that out. The IRS is working on it. But, by the way, the government of another country got their billion dollars. So, thanks. Ding. We appreciate that very much. The other, the other government saying, oh, thank you so much. I don't know why we make it so difficult for us to receive our support. Now, again, I'm not one about big handouts, but that's my money. And if you're going to try and uh, uh, stall our economic growth in this country and you're not going to be functioning a whole lot, then I want my money back. And that's what that really is. So I'm all for it. Give us our money back. Those that have not been able to work, those that have been able to work just all across the board. Here's your money back. Now, it shouldn't be related to your taxes, shouldn't be doing anything else. Just here's your money back that you paid into the system. And oh, by the way, if you're not working and you weren't working before the relief, then you shouldn't, in my opinion, get any additional unemployment benefits than what you were already receiving prior to the pandemic. You didn't have anything changed for you. Then why would you be getting more money? I don't understand that. But that's, again, the progressive mentality. But included in this bill is this $15 an hour minimum wage hike for the federal government, federal minimum wage across the board, all over the place, $15 an hour. Now, I want to have the conversation because if you say you don't like that, then you all of a sudden hate poor people, right? You all of a sudden absolutely despise poor people. You want poor people to die in the streets and you want them to never be able to succeed in society. That's the argument that's used. It's an emotional argument. It's completely baseless, but that's what they use because they love to be able to promote emotion. So the evil, terrible human being that doesn't want $15 an hour minimum wage really hates poor people. Let's break this down for a second. Let's have the conversation. And maybe a Democrat somewhere will be like, wow, this all makes sense now. My mind has been blown. 
Most of us understand this concept that it's a really dumb idea, it's a really bad idea, and it's going to hurt society. But just for a second, I want you to think that you are a business owner. Maybe you have been for real life, maybe you haven't been. If you haven't been, then this is a good learning tool for you. You're a business owner. You are the business owner of Truth Serum Incorporated. Truth Serum Incorporated. You provide Truth Serum to Democrats for them to have their minds opened on a daily basis. <laughs> Think about that for a second. That just blew the minds right there. Many times. Wait a second. What? The Truth Serum Incorporated company has been going on for a very long time. You've been rolling since like the dawn of time. You've been trying to inject Truth Serum into the Democrats and into the progressive mindset for years. You've been doing this. You've been selling it on the streets. You've been selling it out of your home. You've been just doing. It. You've been going around the towns. You've been going in the in the nice little caravan of people that try to smell like the snake oil stuff. But yet yours is real and legit. The government doesn't like you. They don't like it at all. They don't want you to sell that truth serum, or they just want to make it more complicated. We don't know the health benefits or the repercussions of what this could be causing. So, therefore, you owner of Truth Serum Incorporated, we're going to do a few things to you. We're going to make you have to purchase a license in order for you to be open as a business. Sound like freedom? Every business in the United States has to actually get a license to actually uh, be able to do this. File with the IRS and do the, do the whole thing. Got to get your license. We're going to... Spend a whole lot of money from the federal government, by the way, number one, which is going to raise the inflation cost of the value of the dollar. So we're, you know, we're living in debt. Quantitative easing, it's a bunch of crap. You ever hear that in college? Quantita quantitative easing, we have to live in debt. No, we don't. It's a stupid concept. Number two, they're going to tax you. They're going to license you. They're going to regulate you. Not just regulate you, but regulate the entire industry. We need to make sure that the raw materials that you're purchasing, the serum, before it's mixed into a serum, all the original products we're going to tax and regulate and a stamp of approval from the FDA and the USDA. When you start mixing it, we're going to test it to make sure it's okay. We're going to put that stamp of approval from the FDA and the USDA. We're going to make sure it's all just fine and hunky-dory. We're going to watch you manufacture it because we can't have you just buying any kind of equipment to manufacture this thing and mix it all up. we got to make sure it's environmentally sound. So you need to purchase special equipment that's going to be more expensive after you got registered and licensed, after you had to pay more for the raw materials, after you had to pay for the inspections of it. Now you have to buy certain material that's going to be twice as expensive as what you were doing it before just to be able to manufacture it so they can watch it because it's environmentally sound and it's going to save the precious little polar bears. Then you're going to have to increase your wages on the employees because you're not paying them enough. Although they were happy, they were going along, they were, you know, everything was fine and dandy. You need to pay them more along with their benefits and so on and so forth. At the same time, we're going to tax you on hiring employees because you need to have an employee tax because that's just kind of a thing. And oh, by the way, we're going to raise your rates even more for the wages so that way you have to pay more out. This is all of the things that just bare minimum the small businesses have to go through right now. And they think it's okay and then wonder why businesses shut down. Now, I want you to think about that kind of concept. And I'm, I'm trying to break it down easy for the other side of the aisle because, you know. But I want you to think about all those hurdles, all the red tape, all the you know things that they have to jump through and actually do in order to succeed as a business. And I want you to think about that. Then throw a global pandemic on top of it with COVID-19, where everybody's shut down. No one's buying your products. You can't sell your products. You can't get your product out there. You can't hire your employees and have them come in. You can't mix any more of the serum, but yet all the expenses are still there. And then say, by the way, we need to raise your rates up for the employees yet again. As a small business owner, how does that make any sense? How can you survive in that environment? The government is literally there to crush 
small business. They say they're there for them. And, you know, the SBA Small Business Association, they have those in different states and they have that at the federal government to help out with businesses and try and get grants to get people up and going. But I want you to think about it for just a second. If they're there to tax and regulate control and completely shut you down or ban your product or put that stamp of approval from the government, because the government's so efficient and everything that they want to tell me how that is a scenario for success for small business. Small business has been crushed by minimum wage federal government. We're looking at this completely backwards. And I want to have a serious conversation for just a second. Every time we look at minimum wage, when we hear about someone making minimum wage, not being able to pay the bills, not being able to bring food home to their family, number one, we're hoping that people that have families aren't working at minimum wage. That's number one. But why are they in that situation in the first place? We could look at the personal finances, the personal debt that they crammed down our throats. We could also look at it the other way, which I want to do when we come back from the break, because the entire discussion for minimum wage federally or even statewide is completely backwards, completely backwards. And if we look at it in the real light and we educate our elected officials to look at it in a different light, then maybe we can be having a different conversation and make it way more efficient because just saying, well, they can't make it. They can't survive on this minimum wage. We need to raise that minimum wage up. That's doing nothing more than harming Everybody in society, not just the ones that are on minimum wage, but hurting everybody to where it's going to be unlivable to be making $20 an hour here soon. I'm serious. That's the way it's going to go. It is going to make everybody struggle to where you have to have a $30 an hour specialist wage just to survive because everybody will be poor. It brings everybody down instead of lifting a few up because that's the way government functions. When they say there's a problem and they try to fix something, they screw it up more than they actually fix it. So when we come back, how can we fix it? And what way should we be looking at this for your Truth Serum Incorporated? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back in 24 minutes past the hour here on The Voice of Reason for a pre-Friday celebration, radio, TV, and live streaming, wherever you may be. We appreciate you so, so much trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. (laughs) So we have the live stream, by the way, on YouTube Live, on Twitch Live, twitch.tv. We don't have it on Facebook right now, but you can find it on Twitter for the moment. For the time being, all of our social media handles are at Hoosier Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason, plus on the website at HoosierReason.com, which we do have the live stream there as well. I'm seeing a lot of the comments on the YouTube live right now about the China virus. Everybody's saying China. So well done on that one. Keep it up. Let's see if you can shut down my page. Thanks. I'm kidding. I'm just joking. I think it's hilarious. So well done on that one because I who's who bans a word? You can't say China virus. Who ban, how do you regulate something like that? Are they just going to go after people on the radio or on public airwaves talking about that or anybody in social media? Nope, that's a ban. Like what do you do? We're going to ban words. And the China virus is a very bad word. I guess. All right, whatever. Uh going into the minimum wage debate here. What can we do about this discussion? What we need to do is we need to educate our politicians just a little bit, shall we? We look at this completely backwards. We're Right now, the thought process that we have when it comes to minimum wage is we look at somebody and say, wow, they're not, they're not making it. They're making minimum wage, and they can't put food on the table. They have a lot of expenses, and oh my gosh, they can't survive. And I get that argument, and it's a very emotional argument. It's a very sad argument because it's true. It's very sad to watch them bust, you know, day in and day out and not be able to get ahead. But we're looking at it backwards. All the way back when, before the government started spending massive amounts of money, which was a very long time ago because they've pretty much always wanted to spend massive amounts of money. We had things that wouldn't be like inflation. We didn't have inflated prices on the value of the dollar. We didn't have inflated prices on the goods and the consumer things that we like to buy because we just didn't. Which means the minimum wage that we made before was adequate. We could afford those things. We could afford housing. We could afford food. We could afford some luxuries. We could, I mean, obviously, minimum wage, you're not supposed to be living the high life, but you are supposed to at least survive and be able to take a breath. At the same time, we didn't have as much debt as well, personal debt that we have now. So it goes on both ends. Number one, we need to start telling our state legislators at the state level and even the federal level, but the state level primarily, you need to start telling your legislators to make a finance class in high school mandatory before they actually graduate high school so they know not to get into debt, so they know not to take out a whole bunch of uh, credit cards, so they know not to take out a massive mortgage they can't afford, so they know not to get a car loan that they can't pay back, so they know not to actually take out a whole bunch of student loans because that's stupid. You can listen to Dave Ramsey for more tips on personal debt. Number two is we need to go back to the basics when it comes to government. If they were able to suffice at a lower wage then, then we need to figure out what caused the inflation to where it's costing more to live while the wages are stagnant. 
What's causing that? It's causing the inflation. So what caused that? The government spending with us living in massive amounts of debt to where we print off more money and we inflate the value of the dollar by regulating private industry to where it costs in the increase of the goods for the raw materials and for the shipping and for the handling and for the manufacturing and the oversight of that and the licensing and the taxes and the distribution and the sales. And it goes on down the road. Then you have all the benefits from the unions. Why do you think so many companies left the country to go do production elsewhere? Because it was too expensive to hire American workers for the longest time because thanks to unions, they kind of screwed it all up. We need to look at it the other way and say, wow, look at that wage. They can't live off of that. We need to send, instead of saying, let's raise the minimum wage, we need to say, how do we cut the cost to bring inflation back down to where it's actually livable to live at that wage? It's a way more difficult fight to have. It's a way more near impossible fight to actually have because no one wants to discuss it that way. But the only way to fix the problem is to address it in that manner. Because what you're going to do is you're going to go through that hamster wheel of raising wages, having the cost of goods go up, then that $15 an hour wage is not going to be enough to live. So you need to raise it again. That's going to cause the prices to go up again. And pretty soon, everybody's going to be at $20, $25 an hour wages, and no one's going to be able to live. And now even the rich people of today of $100,000 a year are not going to be able to live because everything's so daggone expensive. And then guess what? You have an entire society full of very, very poor people that can't survive to buy a loaf of bread while the elite government officials are sitting up there high and mighty. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. A pre-Friday celebration as we try to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. Your millennial general reporting for duty each and every day. That's what we do, and we appreciate you. By the way, our newsletter coming out on Monday, I want to say end of the month beginning of the next month so if you have not had a chance yet make sure to register and become a hoosier holic by going to our website at hoosierreason.com totally free we're not going to spam you all the time either all i gotta do is just type in your email address when it pops up you say yes i want to become a hoosier holic we'll send you a welcome email we'll send you the monthly newsletter talking about the hoosier media network about all the good stuff we're working on all the upcoming guests on the show all some civic holidays for the month our blog our monthly blog that we talk about some serious issue of the month it's a lot of fun and it's totally free. So just go to HoosierReason.com. I have one of those. You ever eat like popcorn and you got like the, the kernel or something stuck in the back of your throat and you can't get rid of it? It's weird. 
driving me nuts. Uh, anyway, so I got that out of my chest in the last half hour, talking about the minimum wage thing and how ridiculous it is, especially ridiculous for throwing it into a COVID-19 relief package, because why the heck not just make it a $2 trillion bill and be like, oh, this is great. This is going to really save the economy and save the country by killing off small business during a pandemic by raising minimum wage for people. That works out really well. So I'm excited to have our next guest on the program. What's trending today? He's kind of turning out to be a semi-regular on the program to get the latest and greatest coming out of Washington, D.C. is the author of Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism, like, you know, like what real journalism used to be, is exposing some of the corruption. I'm excited to have back on the program with us here, Mr. John O'Connor. John, how are you, my friend? Andy, I'm great. Fantastic. It's, It's good to have you back on the program. Happy 2021 to you. This is... A unique time right now is we have the challenging of an electoral college by Republicans just a few weeks ago. Now we have Democrats wanting to come after them. Here in the state of Kansas, even where we're based out of, we had the Kansas Democrat Party release an official statement that said all three of our congressmen that challenged the electoral college, all three Republicans, that even after the whole protest and everything that, you know, AOC said she feared for her life after all of that, and they still challenged it, that they should be expelled from Congress and investigated for inciting the violence that happened in Washington, D.C. Is this something that's going on nationally now that Democrats want to try and just suppress Republicans and be like, hey, not only did you lose the election, we want to rub that salt in the wound to make it as painful as possible. Well, that's right. And, you know, in in mob psychology, uh, reason and facts don't matter. Uh, So they are the Democrats are very good at this and they're jumping with both feet on this whole thing. And uh, and basically it's it's just plain old suppression of speech. And of course, they're demonizing everyone, of course, you know, first of all, the 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 riot or the unfortunate protest. It was a terrible thing. I didn't like it. But a mostly but peaceful protest. Pro- yes. Mostly peaceful. I mean, you have 75,000 people there and 200 people. Okay, 200 people go in there. Yeah. They're to be condemned. But I'll tell you, I've watched a lot of protests over the summer. I became a, an avid protest watcher, peace, so-called peaceful protests. And I'll tell you this, I'd rather have my uh, shop set up inside the Capitol Rotunda than in downtown Oakland or in Kenosha or any other place, because I wouldn't have it anymore if I had it in those places. Right. Uh, you know, so it really is too bad. And, and now all of a sudden, of course, in our hyperinflated way, the way the Democrats do it, all of a sudden that becomes a white supremacist and it's an insurrection. It's not just a property damage. It's just not a bunch of idiots damaging property and smashing windows. That's terrible. Right. But is it an insurrection? No. And was anybody incited to that? No. And then when you start talking about the very basis of free speech, the whole idea is is that the people's representatives are supposed to be free to give their points of view and to give speeches and to make points and to propose things and to vote on things. And now we're saying, people are saying, oh, you can't do that. If you vote on something and and there's always going to be a lot of emotion around democracy. The founders talked about it. Sure. Uh, James Madison said, said mobs, uh, democracy is, it gives rise to mobs the way uh, oxygen feeds fires. Uh, you know, you're going to have mobs. Now, we ought to have responsible people trying to do something about it and to try to prevent mobocracy. And I'll tell you, 
there is more of a mob mentality stemming from this, uh, well, I'll call it a riot, if you want to call it a riot. It's, it's, I don't know that it's even big enough to be a riot, but, but this terrible incident, this invasion, I guess I'll call it. Um, I think the mob psychology that's scary is that flowing out of it. All of a sudden, we're going to suppress speech, deplatform the president? The president of the United States gets deplatformed? Uh, you know, we're, we're stifling speech. We already had speech stifled running up to the election when nobody would re- report about Hunter Biden. Exactly. Now, now that they have won the election, now they're trying to deplatform individuals. And there's even a call, I don't know if you saw this, Andy, but there was a call to uh, get rid of Fox News. That Fox News shouldn't be able to broadcast because they're sort of on the wrong side of things. So I heard about Fox News, uh, One American News Network, and Newsmax. They want to shut them all down. Sure, because they're, uh, they have the wrong speech. And, and, and we don't realize that in every country which has had a totalitarian issue, it all involves suppression of speech. Look what's happening right now in Hong Kong, uh, what China does, what Russia's always done, what Hitler did. And, and, and you know, it, and it's just not unique to Hitler. I mean, Hitler was really fairly tame about it relative to other authoritarians. I mean, they all do the same thing. They, they suppress speech. And yet here's that's exactly what we're doing here. I mean, why are we supposed to be different? Where's our moral high ground if we're going to be suppressing speech? So it's a, a very dark time in our country, but not for the reasons stated, not because, you know, there are 20 idiots that went in and, and, uh, and uh, uh, banged up property right? and an unfortunate idiot who killed the guy. I mean, I think that guy should just be put away. But, but you know, uh, 30 people died over the summer in these other protests with billions in, of damage. Where are they? Are they being prosecuted? Everybody needs to be prosecuted. No, of course not. Kamala Harris Everybody. actually tried to get fundraising to bail some of those individuals out of jail after their big protest. So, I mean, there's a, definitely a discourse or a disconnect there, uh, uh, depending on how they respond to certain things like this. And we're seeing, I don't think, this is only going to fuel the fire, isn't it? I mean, we have the conservatives that are being censored. You're being labeled a domestic terrorist because if you're a Trump supporter, then you would have been one of those insurrectionists, quote unquote. We're silenced on social media. We can't do a live stream right now on Facebook because they banned us for this show right now uh, that we're trying to battle. We have Donald Trump, our the, the leader of the Republican Party at that time, the president of the United States being banned off of all of social media. And then they want to suppress it even more. I mean, that's not going to make us go away. It's only going to make people more angry, isn't it? Well, yeah, and let's think about Kamala Harris's actions. She not only was going to bail out past criminals, which is fine. If you and I bailed out somebody that's in jail, it's an act of mercy. However, if, on the other hand, you say, okay, anybody who commits a crime, I'm going to bail you out in the future. I'm offering you an incentive. Now, that's a little bit different. There's a big difference between helping somebody who's already been charged with a crime and encouraging them to commit another crime. Uh, lawyers are very well aware that lawyers can always defend people who have committed crimes. We're just not supposed to help people commit crimes in the future. But yet that's what Kamala Harris did. Then she went on TV and said, I don't think I think these things should keep going on. Right. No, she didn't condemn anything. They should go on. And by the way, here's the $11 million we raised for the bail fund. So now who is inciting <laughs> crime? I have my bet as to who's inciting crime. You know, so. It's it's unfortunate because all of this has to do with communications with the very right of the people of the 
country to get the truth, to get all sides to make up their own mind about what's happening. But this is what the problem is. They're trying, one side is trying to stifle it. You know, I'm, I'm quite happy if anybody asks me, well, aren't you biased too? And I'll say, there's a lot of bias on my side. There's a lot of bias. The difference is, one of my biases is toward free speech. I want free speech. I want one of my biases is I want to debate the other side. I want to win. I think I'm right, but I want to win. It's it's a different bias that I have yeah. than the other guys have. And that's Their bias is you want everybody thing. to be able to express their opinion, whether you agree with it or not, so we can have a dialogue. There, There's... Their bias is, we don't like what you're saying, so therefore you need to think the way we do, or else you just don't need a platform. I mean, there's a big difference there. Right. One of their contentions is is to deplatform. One of their contentions is no free speech. Boiled down, one of the contentions of the traditional people, I'm not even conservative, just traditional. One of the contentions of the conservative people is we ought to have enlightenment values of debate and free speech. The other side says no debate or free speech. We have everything down with critical race, critical colonial, critical gender, critical this, critical that theory. You guys don't have a voice. We're going to tell you what to think. And if you say anything different, we're going to we're going to punish you. Um, And so now we've got a guy that's being (laughs) prosecuted for his memes uh, you know, and it's kind of a, a silly prosecution, but but it's just an example of the fact that there is a part of this uh, whole deal, uh, this whole political uh, structure that is really destructive of the structure. Yeah, and it's like the it's like happened years ago, Andy, when we were talking about well, what about um, what about Islamic rule? Um, what if uh, uh, I'm uh, now searching for the uh, for for the law. Uh, Sharia law, uh, yeah. I mean, sir, sir, Sharia law, yeah. yeah. Sharia law. I, I tell you what, let's you know, let's hold that. Let's let's do that when we come back from break. We got to take a hard break here for a second, but I want to touch on that on how. I mean, you're right. The media is reporting it so ridiculous. They didn't seem to report the protests and the burning of flags uh, by Antifa and Black Lives Matter the day of the inauguration after Joe Biden even got in. But yet we're still the domestic terrorists. I want to talk about that. Plus, I want to talk about the corruption from the Biden administration. We're talking with John O'Connor, author of the book Postgate. We'll do more of this when we come back here on The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. It is a pre-Friday celebration. Tomorrow's the big day, as in like the end of the week for some, although some of you may be working on the weekend, <laughs> in which case I feel really bad for you. Although we will be here on our local program here in the Wichita area on Saturday morning. Always love doing that show. Until then, we're just rocking it here on this program. You can find us all over the podcasting, The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier on any of your favorite podcasting sites. You can find us on the live stream on any of our social media at Hoosier Reason, plus the website at HoosierReason.com, and of course all of our radio and TV affiliates, which are about ready to explode, let me tell you, as we are working hard behind the scenes on all of that. So thanks for hanging out with us today, your Millennial General, reporting as we do each and every day. One more segment here on the show, one more segment with our guest. I love having this guy on the program, John O'Connor, author of the book Postgate, as we talk about some of the shenanigans from D.C. and the lack of journalism today, plus the corruption. Now, for someone like yourself, John, who you know actually investigates things like a real journalist actually does and reports things, in your mind, the Biden administration, how corrupt is it uh, compared to some of the other administrations when we talk about maybe the Hunter Biden laptop, the connection to China and Russia? Conveniently, we're seeing Joe Biden on the first week, I mean, go through like day five of a nice little executive order marathon that we're going through here where we're stopping the Keystone Pipeline. We don't want to be energy independent any longer. We're trying to go and invade like Syria in the Middle East again for oil and start purchasing things over there again, because that makes a lot of sense while they were just complaining about George W. Bush being a warmonger just a few years ago. But to end that stuff, to work closer with China and pretty much give them just everything they want to, how corrupt are we really looking at here for this new Biden administration? Well, let's put it this way. If I didn't have any qualms about ethics, one of the people I would want to hook up, I would want to be a partner of Hunter Biden's. Uh, you know, uh, think about the swag he has now. Think about the influence he has now, both in Washington, D.C., where, you know, you're talking about miles and miles of government of buildings filled with consultants, lawyers, lobbyists, right? Then you've got them not only influencing our trillions of dollars coming out of Washington, but then we've got all this foreign aid money at these in these places around the world. All these trade deals, all these trade sort of uh, goodies, benefits where you can can benefit one uh, side of the equation versus the other in terms of imports, 
everybody's got a reason to pay money to Hunter Biden. And it's very clear, it's very clear that what was happening before was just an out-and-out, you know, corrupt deal. It was several years of grabbing money with both hands. And, you know, it's really, uh, first of all, we know that uh, Biden was not telling the truth when he said he didn't know what his his son was doing. Uh, He clearly, he clearly did know. And he was, uh, he had met with Devin Archer right away. And uh, later on, this Tony Bobolinsky talks about what happened, you know, as he leaves office. So it's very clear what's happening. And, uh, and it's a shame. Do you think on a personal level for the Bidens, uh, when Joe Biden did his inauguration acceptance speech and he said that really Bo Biden should have been the one becoming president because he was such a great kid and he passed away, you know, in the military. And he would I mean, he just did the big praise there. Hunter Biden, who's been involved in all this corruption before and in his entire life, pretty much ran the whole thing for daddy. And, you know, for the big man, according to the emails, uh, you know, him sitting right there. Do you think there's a little bit of jealousy there of like, wow, I'm so glad that he praises Bo Biden so much. Well, I'm the one doing the dirty work of the family and, uh, you know, uh, hooked on the cocaine and the prostitutes out of Russia and all this other garbage. You think there's a little bit of detest there? Well, I think what really happened is I think Hunter's probably happy about it because what (laughs) Joe... And Hunter did was they took advantage of Bo's death in a very cynical way, because when the Obama people started uh, sort of questioning whether or not uh, Hunter was or uh, uh, Biden was too close to this corruption, whether Hunter should be on these boards, uh, and it looked like uh, there was even a meeting in the White House in which they decided to try to warn off Biden from this corruption. Uh, the reports coming out say that, uh, you know, Biden would always sort of default to the idea that, oh, he was so upset with Bo, we can't get near him and talk about Hunter. So in other words, anytime anybody would talk about Hunter, sort of the default would be, oh, I'm so crushed over the loss Just of my the son. emotional I'm distress. Trying to be cynical. Wow. I'm not trying to be cynical about that. Obviously, he was crushed by Bo's death. I'm not suggesting sure. that, but he's using it as an excuse to say lay off oh it's just such an emotional thing let hunter have his job wow. uh now whereas in fact it's a corrupt deal unbelievable john o'connor author of the book postgate we love having you on the program my friend it's always a great time let's do this again real soon what do you say i love it love it andy hey. keep oh. fighting the good fight you as well my friend it's always a pleasure back at it tomorrow we'll wrap up the week we have some more great guests plus a laundry list of stuff to get to tomorrow and all next week until then i'm andy hoosier this is the voice reason everybody have a wonderful thursday evening Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.